Hello there and welcome to episode 10, Women in the Workplace. Leanne and Sarah are joined by the fabulous folk musicians, Julu and Heg. They compose, perform and run two successful folk choirs. You can find them at juluandheg.com. Today we're going to talk about our experiences of being women in the workplace. Enjoy. Hi, Julu and Heg. So my first question to you is about being women in the music industry and whether you can tell us some stories and any other things that may be interesting on that subject. Oh my God, how long have you got? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting ride, (laughs) let's just say that. I don't, I don't think there's ever a gig that we do that doesn't involve some kind of incident. No, Could it's true. Say? There's a lot of, um, <clears throat> so this is kind of talking on a very basic level of the people that come to our gigs. We get a lot of advice from men of a certain age telling us how we could either improve our show or things that we could add in. I mean, it happens all the time. So you know. mean older men? Older men, yeah. So it's always, the other day always, and I've, it's never ever happened from a woman. And from what I know of my friends who are male musicians, it's never happened to them. So it seems to be a specific dynamic between older men and us being young women in the folk scene, which most of our audiences are older. Yeah. Although more recently we did have a younger guy come over and give us some tips on how we can improve our sound. And how we can improve it's our It's a bit rude though, isn't it? It's so rude. It's, yeah. But they do it in a way that's helpful, so that if you then say, well, helpful, I say. Um, in inverted commas. In inverted commas. Yeah. Um, they, if, if you said, do one, then they'd be like, oh, God, those girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you've know. got to be quite so careful. It's really difficult. And are any of these men actually folk musicians themselves? No. Or, so, no. or sound engineers. So the equivalent would be like you going to your dentist and saying, I think maybe you could do this better. Yeah. Like, I don't really like your bedside manner. Yeah. Or I don't, yeah. yeah, we've had several pages of email or, sent to us with, with helpful hints <laughs> from, from someone who's literally never picked up an instrument in his life. Well, I mean, that, that happens... I would say that happens regularly. We get yeah. email tips through yeah. about how what? we can improve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and they're not even specialists in the area no, or sound to, engineers or anything. They come to all of our gigs and they, they follow us, they buy all our CDs, they would call themselves our kind of top fans, but they feel like it's okay for them to tell us how we could do better. But they, get this, they have this kind of weird sense of ownership over the two yeah. of us because they follow us around and go to and go to all of our tours. And that's sense of ownership, that, that's the kind of tamer side, the tips and, you know, telling us how to improve the tame side. And then there's a more sinister side where we get followed into changing rooms backstage. No. We've been, we've had one guy came on, to, on stage and started trying to hug and kiss us in the middle of a concert. Audience in full view. It actually makes my blood boil. We've had, to, we've had to ask security to ask people to remove, um, to, to ask these people to be removed from the kind of private areas backstage, like the green rooms and stuff, um, and coming and like lurking around when we're setting up or packing down. And we've had to ask um, them to be removed from the building because they're being really There was a, an incident where we were playing with another, uh, there was another girl, woman playing, who's a soloist. And uh, we were packing down at the end of the night, and we had to wait with her it, and t- to help her pack her car up because one of the audience members, m- male, <laughs> was waiting in the car park. 
So we waited so that she wasn't left on her own by the back. That is quite scary. I mean, I, I yeah. think male artists have have that kind of fan thing going on as well. But I guess they probably, maybe they feel less threatened. But I know that for my son, who's a musician, he got into real trouble because he got um, accused of allowing underage girls into his dressing room, and he hadn't at all. Mm. It's just some someone had opened the back door, and these young girls had come in, and then yeah. they got into serious trouble. But I guess I mean, yeah, it can happen. Anywhere, but I, I yeah. can't see women going but, to men and saying, "I think this is how you could no, sing better." No. No, it's, it's, much, it's much simpler with, yeah. with women being fans yeah. of men. It's yeah. like adoration, yeah. and maybe like they fancy them. Or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. with with these kind of older men, I think it's really complex. It's like yeah. this kind of ownership. There's a sinister side of it. There's definitely a sexual side of it. There's almost like a kind of father side, like yeah, internal yeah. side of it. Yeah. It's really like it's so much more complicated than just being like oh, I quite fancy those two. I'm gonna try and have a chat with them after. Yeah, the yeah, it's, yeah. It's so much. And it's so much more complicated. And it's, it's actually yeah, it's quite, quite, I find it really quite rude. It's, it's extremely rude. rude. It's and extremely it's, rude. It's actually incredibly scary because the boundaries that they feel they can cross in, with that sense of ownership. So it's, you know, it could be, I'm going to tell you how to do your job better because I think, you know, yeah, I yeah, can yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. But also it's, I think I have ownership enough over your body to touch you hug you, kiss you, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's happened. That's happened more times than I can count to the point where I yeah. am now incredibly strict and rude. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Well, you have to have boundaries. Yeah, has <laughs> been useful for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About men being offended, because this, I think, is quite interesting. The kind of giving a voice to women and they take offence, rather than thinking, well, they've been suppressed and the stories haven't been told. Yeah. Um, why they, I just don't get it, why they feel that, I don't know, whether, whether they find that we're going to kind of take over or what it, I don't know what it is, that why... I don't know. I don't know. It's very strange. It's, I'd like to know the answer to that Is it a feeling of being threatened? Is it, it definitely rubs some people up the wrong way and mm. I don't even think they'd be able to tell you why it makes them feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Unless but, it is they just want to leave the kind of original song how it was, but, and um, they haven't really thought about it. There's no such thing as an original folk song, really. No. It's like most, it's an oral tradition. Like if you look at a song like Geordie, for example, there's about 270 versions in circulation. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah. go to a folk festival and hear it sung by every artist, and it would sound totally different totally with different, different words. And it changes and evolves, and I think that's yeah. that's one of the things that we've been really keen to do with our music is to actually contribute to the evolution of these stories yeah. and actually reimagine them and imagine, you know. That actually the women, the women in these stories have do have voices and do have thoughts and ideas and feelings, mm. you know, in those stories about and actually imagining what ha- what could have happened if they'd felt empowered in that moment. Yeah. There's a there's a yeah. category of songs in folk called night the night visitors, which Julie, which both Julie and I feel very intrigued by because it's just the creepiest thing. So this there's this category of song called the night visitors whereby men come into women's room in the night and try to have sex with them. And it's like, what? <laughs> what the hell? That's so are you going to re, have you re, redone them? We've done, we've done, redone we've one, done one of them, yeah. 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 Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And that's a whole category. <clears throat> yeah. Got, so there's loads of thousands. Yeah. Like if you go into the folk um, archives you, and you look up Night Visitor, literally thousands of songs have come up. And people, and so at one point men found it great to write a song about yeah. their experience of probably going away from them in the middle of the night. Yeah. But in their songs, because the men wrote it, the women were like, oh, lovely, 
night and then the man goes, cool, I've had my way with you, I'm going to leave now. And the woman's like, oh, please don't. And is desperate to get married because right. it's written by men. And it's like, well, that is such a ridiculous scenario anyway. So yeah. when was that? Most of songs still get passed on in the same way. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the baffling thing. Yeah. It's like, what are we singing about here? Like, mm. this is actually not okay. Yeah, why is no one paying attention to the words that they're saying? But they're like, oh, it's just a, tradi- it's a traditional tune. So, yeah. and language is so important. Absolutely. Yeah, and the stories that we're passing on to people. I mean, maybe folks not so much that we're singing it to our children nowadays. But yeah, it's still, you know, yeah. you've got to get out there and change it. And if Absolutely. you look, at, if you look at the racism that is entrenched in, for example, sea shanties, mm-hmm. you look at that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't actively go out and sing that at a folk club without really considering changing the words mm-hmm. now. I mean, you? some of the sea shanties are, I mean, we, you've got this book of old really sea old shanties, books, yeah. and reading through it, I was absolutely appalled by the language, like the worst kind of racist language you can imagine. Um, and it's just written in books, and it's like, you would, no one would sing those at a folk club, they just wouldn't, and if they did, they'd probably be kicked out. So racism is being addressed, quite rightly, mm-hmm. but it's like, why is it, not being addressed this kind of horrendous stories about women why is that still okay mm-hmm. it's weird it's yeah, a weird it's thing weird. That, that that's still seen as like well that's just all right because it's just you know it women just die of heartbreak yeah. at that time it's like but we, we're, we're communicating it now so it's our responsibility to make sure it fits with our time yeah sure. yeah no, that's, I think that's really important yeah and so Obviously now you work in the music industry, but what about pre-music industry? What's been your experience of workplace and uh, men well, in the workplace? Well, I um, have, I've probably had quite a varied working life, but I spent quite a significant amount of time studying um, biology and I worked in two different places in that. So I worked at Kew Gardens in the, um, in the seed lab there for a year. Um, and I worked in um, uh, Harpenden in a lab that was to do with um, plant science, basically. Mm-hmm. So I was doing my PhD there, where I was still studying, where I was doing plant science. But I was working in the lab nine to five as someone that was being a paid employee, but whilst I was but studying at the same time. Um, and in both places, I have to say, it was completely male dominated. Like I was in Harpenden in particular. It's in a place called Rothamsted um, Research Facility. I was the only girl in my lab, um, and it was just quite, it, I'd never been in a situation like it, it was like everything that I did was sort of, I was slightly kind of watched over, and it wasn't because I was a PhD student, because there were other PhD students in other labs that were just allowed to get on with it that mm-hmm. were guys, um, and I had literally everything I did was kind of like questioned, and like, mm, why are you doing that, and it would be people that weren't my supervisor, or anything like that. Um, they'd give me the kind of most menial tasks and basically treat me like I was a complete incompetent. And because I didn't really look like all of them as well, like, that I know this sounds like a weird thing to say, but that I just didn't fit in the way that I look. Like, mm. people didn't expect me to be a plant geneticist. Like, they were what, just... Because of what, what, how you dressed? Because of how I dressed, right. yeah, I suppose, because of, like, the life that I'd had before then. Mm. I'd done lots of travelling and so I'd come to science, like, I didn't do my degree till I was 25, so... I just, I had a completely different life experience than mm-hmm. most of them. And it was, yeah, I they just therefore just didn't think that I was a capable scientist. And I think it, a lot of it was because I was a woman and there was also this kind of like slight kind of sexual thing as well, being the only girl in the lab, they were all kind of slightly hitting on me, but also slightly condescending me all the time. Mm-hmm. It was just very uncomfortable, really yeah. uncomfortable. 
Gosh. What about you, Sarah? Um, well, so I worked um, in the pharmaceutical industry for 15 years. And, um, and to start with, when I was kind of young, I worked in a lab to start with. And I, yeah, I had male, like gross men sitting kind of in the lab at their computer. And I'd walk past and they'd kind of turn around and almost like Hannibal Lecter be like... You know, like making, <laughs> making horrible, sexy. yeah, yeah, I know, making these kind of horrible remarks. But and I would just be really horrible back. Um, but yeah, they were, yeah, and no, it definitely happened. And I remember um, there was an, uh, another boy man in the lab with me who he was really nice. He had a he had a girlfriend. He was going to get married, and. Uh, and he just kind of asked whether I'd go back to his house because his girlfriend was like not there. And I was like, what? No, thank you. Um, and then later on, I worked um, in clinical trials and I'd have to, I worked with a lot of doctors all over the, all over Europe, well, all over the world, but mainly Europe. And some of those doctors, you know, I was expected to take them out for dinner and, uh, yeah, and they would, you know, some of these doctors were older and they'd enjoy having a, you know, like a young woman to take, you know, out for dinner. And, and although nothing dodgy ever happened, um, yeah, it was sometimes uncomfortable because they would meet up with other male colleagues and be quite proud of having this 27-year-old bird on their arm. Um, and I did, and I used to, because I was away from home a lot, so I'd often be eating dinner in hotel uh, restaurants and every single time I had dinner on my own uh, some bloke would come and sit down and say can I join you for dinner mm. and so in the end I just ate in my room because it was just too too uncomfortable so I've definitely had that and I have you know work colleagues doing exactly the same job being paid a lot more than me yeah you know um and and then when you kind of question it with the powers to be they say yeah well they've got a family and they're kind of, well, so have I. Yeah, but you've got a husband who, you know, has got a really good job. Oh, that's... Well, it's, yeah. not, oh, it's not really about that, is it? But I think as as time went on, these things did get addressed. And actually, the, far, the last pharmaceutical company that I worked for, which is a really large one, which shall remain nameless, actually, they really, really tried hard. So, that, so, so they had women CEO and uh, lots of uh, women, strong women in charge. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of women and so I definitely felt in the last few years this is I'm talking quite a long time 10, 10 plus years ago um, the women definitely had a voice and there was that that was not happening so much mm -hmm. um, so that was really good what about you Leanne? well so I suppose a lot, of, a lot of my younger years of work were you know pub work and that's just awful for you know lechy men my manager was ex-Marines and was just always saying totally inappropriate things and had done, you know, some really strange stuff. I learned a lot about sexual things that I won't talk too much about, which is quite good in some ways. But in That's way, another whole like, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I didn't know some of the things that I know that went on in the world through him, like awful stuff. But he was always, yeah, it was just disgusting. You know, every time you could reach down to get a drink, it would be like, oh, while you're down there, you know, all that kind of stuff, and just ask to be grabbed, smacked, tits grabbed, you know, why are you trying to do a job? And that's just, that's your boss. And then you've got, you know, working in a bar, then you've got all the drunk blokes that are constantly 
touching you up and you can't bear, you know, you, it was just, you, you know, you take your life into your hands. The worst one's, um, you know, it's an East End boozer and you'd walk around the front and that was it, you'd be, you know, into the, into the lion's den and you just <laughs> try and get glasses as quick as possible and hopefully you'd come back not bruised because sometimes you'd be probably like slapped on the ass That's and, yeah, it's, but you just did it. Like, yeah. it was, I didn't even, that was just part of the job wasn't even, didn't even question it. It was yeah. just like, that's what you do. Yeah. I think um, things have changed but then, dramatically yeah. since then, though, haven't they? Do you not think? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't work in I bars. Wouldn't go I, don't... To the club. I wouldn't go to a club again, probably, because I don't think I've ever been to a club and not been groped. Yeah. Yeah. It still definitely goes on. Yeah, I mean, I have been to clubs as, you know, a grown-up this age, and it still happens. But I don't know about what, at the workplace, whether it's yeah. difficult to know. But, um, well, I just noticed. I just noticed from my from my boys, yeah. who were twenty and seventeen, that they, from school, have had it absolutely rammed into them. You know, about respect and. But I don't think it's so much. What so the boys of my age so much? It's normally the older men, and I don't. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, They yeah, probably yeah. would be the same. At least they're loser. I can imagine. Yeah. I haven't been there maybe for five years, but it was yeah. the same last one. I can't imagine it's changed that much. No, no, no. It'd probably still old men sat at the bar, young girl goes past, and she'll at least get, maybe she might not get touched up, but she'll probably get a comment or a look. Yeah. She'll, you know, that energy still makes yeah. you uncomfortable. And it still exists. It still exists. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, then working as a massage therapist has just been, you know, terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you must have some stories. Loads of stories. <laughs> loads and loads and loads of stories. I think probably the worst one was, so I'd been treating this man for, he was in his 70s, and he had... Um, had prostate cancer and had erectile dysfunction and so I was treating him for at least two years and he'd got his sex life back he was still coming for massage because he just wanted massage so we've done like six months treatment penis is working again great but he wants to carry on for massage so then literally two years I, by this time I've massaged his wife his kids his grandkids so I knew the whole family and he rocks in one day with a piece of paper and obviously it was printed out from home and how to give a prostate massage which is basically to do a prostate massage you put your fingers in the arsehole and it's that <laughs> word again <laughs> sorry you love that anus said so my nurse has said that I need her prostate massage and she's given me this piece of paper for you to do it and I just looked at it and I was like yeah I'm not I'm not qualified to do that so and then just gave the massage and then he just didn't come back after that ever again and it was obvious that he was just trying his luck oh, and it was just uh, uh, yeah and it, you know especially like knowing someone for two years and knowing all their family and everything it was just, yeah, really weird. But, but I mean, it happens low, you know, all the time. Have you had them trying to hit on you then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, loads. I've had marriage proposals. People get, you get really close to people. And then, you, you know, it's just, you just have to keep your boundaries. But this, yeah, working in a, when I did a few shifts in a salon, when I was living in London, and you took, the policy there was to leave them to get changed. But that was even worse sometimes because so one time I knocked on the door and it was like, come in, just wanking over the, over the fucking um, oh bed. God. Come in. Oh <laughs> no. Oh, that's so just, just, just sorting myself out. 
so they obviously didn't go back there again. No. But yeah, there's loads of stories. Like a friend of mine, I loved her. She was works as a beautician, and she had a man come in. He was a I don't know, builder or something. No personal hygiene, but liked to come in for a back crack and sack. And um, he, yeah, hadn't washed, so he had shit. She said up the back of his oh. back. Like she realised this to be turned over. So he's like, she said it's he smelled, but the hard day at work. I'm sure our listeners are loving like, this story. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Sorry, guys, Leanne's going off and on again. I don't want to wear a towel. This, this happens quite regularly. I don't want to wear a towel. I would say you must have a towel on because I don't want my head near your penis. Thank you. So anyway, she was like, okay, fine. And then she starts waxing and he starts getting an erection. And then she asks him to turn over. So she's just ignoring it. And then she sees this pile of shit up the back. Oh my God. Basically wiped his shit up his back. Oh, oh. So, so she then gets the wax in between his butt cheeks, pushes his butt cheeks together, and then goes, you can go now. And then we stuck together. Oh, <laughs> I love that so much. Nice. That's brilliant. So, yeah. Oh, but yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. That's horrifying. It is horrifying. Well, where do we go from here? That, that's I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to tell the story of the blind massage in Vietnam, but yeah. that's totally going off topic. So let's go to you. <laughs> that's for next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no one can speak now after that, Leanne. <laughs> Anyway, well, I was, I've always done, like, I've always been a bit of a loner when it comes to work, and I've kind of plugged away at being a musician since I was about 20. And um, the kind of common trend with experiences that I've had within that scene has been um, men trying to take me down a peg or two is the only way I can explain it. So, like, when I first started running choirs, I remember I had this really awful, awful guy in the choir who, who used to, they'd stand in, it's quite a small room, they'd stand in kind of a horseshoe shape and I would be stood nearest the ends of each, each end of the horseshoe, if you see what I mean. And he would always stand right on the end, so he was right next to me, and he'd be saying things like, you're terrible at your job, you don't know what you're doing. And like, it was what? like taunting, bullying, right in my ear. It did, which kind of each week just, and I wasn't, I was so underconfident at that point, yeah, so new yeah, that I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, I just didn't know what to do and I felt so on my own with it. And in the end, I asked him to leave and he didn't come back. That's very brave. Yeah. Well, I asked him to leave via email. So <laughs> 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 <Not> in that way. <laughs> but um, yeah, and ve- like very early on in trying to, you know, forge a career as a musician, got into this kind of A&R meeting, which is where they kind of, listen to your demos and then sort of talk talk about how you might want to record them and what you might want to improve on and kind of critique the demos basically. It was me and three blokes and I only knew one of them. I only knew one of them and he was sort of a friend of mine. But they were all much older, they were all in the, they, yeah, they were all much older. And um, we did this session where they basically ripped every single one of my songs to shreds. And you know, you just feel yourself getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I sort of walked out the room, tail between my legs, and then as we got into the car park, he said, one of the guys who'd been the meanest was like, how often do you practice piano? And I said, oh, you know, probably not as much as I should. And he said, yeah, well, I can tell. What? You're really bad at it. And then I kind of left in the car in, as like a shred, <laughs> with no, in my confidence in total tatters. But like, this seems to be a bit of a common theme with like kind of, um, 
also got a you know a review that was so personally scathing. It didn't really say anything about mu my music. It just was talking about the way I was dressed, my smile. He mm -hmm. hoped that I dropped my drink over myself to wipe that stupid smug smile off my face. Was his word? What? <laughs> yeah. So it's like. Okay, Why? This, Why so do you feel that's necessary? I know, because it's like, you know, well, if you didn't like the music, fair enough, critique the music, I don't yeah. enjoy this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everyone needs to expect those kind of reviews when yeah. you put yourself out there in that way, but it was like, you're actually attacking me as a person. Yeah. And that seems to be the slight common theme, and I know that we've that all experienced similar things, yeah. you know, where it's like, what is it that, what is it that you don't like about what I'm doing that makes you feel the need to, to take me down somehow. Is it like a like a jealousy thing or I think it's like I think it's more like like a, a this I think that guy probably really fancied you. You know, it's like it all kind of some well not always, but it can sometimes get a bit tied up with this kind of like sexual frustration that turns into a little bit of almost hatred mm. towards musicians or people <laughs> who put themselves out there on a public platform whatever mm. platform that might be it's yeah like you're basically saying this is me and you get someone that's just like kind of i want you but i can't have you so i hate you i don't know like it's, yeah it feels it maybe messed up um, like that you know men's view on where how women should be especially within you know if you're going to stand up i want you to look a certain way you need yeah. to fulfill this criteria and if you're not doing that then you're shit i've had to bar kind of. a lot of people from social media for comments like um, loved your set, just think that you should step out from behind the piano and show us your glorious legs. Mm. And I mean, that was the tamest, but it got really, That's a bit really weird. It, isn't it? it got really like smutty and vulgar that I had to block him, this guy. It's quite worrying though. You can't imagine those... those kind of reviews happening to a man. <laughs> no, <laughs> not like I'll wipe that your... smile off your face. Yeah. And it's very, it's totally bizarre because it's like, why are you at the gig if you're not actually looking at the music? You're just judging the person that you're seeing on stage purely on yeah. how they're expressing themselves, what they're wearing. Yeah. I mean, it's totally yeah. weird. And I bet that guy came to several more of your gigs and sat there seething away in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally bizarre. But it's quite difficult, though, for young, for young women. I mean, I know you're young, but I'm talking even younger women who are <laughs> starting, <laughs> off, their, starting <laughs> off their... Um, well, I'm the, uh, the croon here today. <laughs> um, but, you know, the young women going... Uh, playing around in pubs like right yeah, now yeah. and I know that um, my elder son who is in a band that's quite popular asked uh, someone who he knows, a girl <laughs> who's a great musician, young probably, I don't know how old she is, maybe nine, 18, 19, really great girl does a lot of the pub gigs, plays in Tavistock sometimes as well and writes her own music and he was quite excited and then she came and, pl and played um, and she played covers and he was like really like quite disappointed mm. because he he and so obviously there was a confidence thing there mm. yeah, uh, yeah. That not feeling confident enough to play play the stuff yeah um, but if you're taught as we so insidiously are that actually our main role is to look beautiful mm. for the gratification of others yeah to actually step out yeah and do something that yeah. is not that not yeah. about that 
then it's like it's almost like noses get put out of joint or something. Yeah. It's like actually, no, you should be looking prettier. You should yeah. be showing your yeah. legs because actually yeah. that's what you're here for. Yeah. Do you know there's a girl? Um, I can't remember what she's called, but she's from Tavistock and she's in this kind of slightly kick-ass rock band. And they played recently. I think they played the Wharf. And I was reading a review of of her as a musician, an instrumentalist. She's a guitar player. And this person had written this glowing review of her, but what they'd written as a compliment was she plays guitar like no like girls shouldn't play guitar. What? Oh, so it's basically like, oh no girl should play guitar like that. And this guy obviously thought that he was giving her a really high accolade, yeah, yeah, like a yeah, huge yeah, yeah. Uh, compliment. But what he's saying is that men play guitar really, really well and adventurously yeah. and women should Pick, pick away at the guitar in a delicate yeah. way. So she's playing guitar in a way that, that guys play guitar, basically. Yeah. So it's like a, an inherently sexist thing, but kind of shrouded in this really wonderful complimentary review that these things just kind of go unnoticed and it's the one thing yeah. that stood out for me on the page. I was like, why? Why have you written yeah. that? That's a really sexist thing to say. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think also that definitely hasn't got better with time because if I see kind of teenage girls and Instagram and how they are totally all trying to look the same with their little pouty lips <laughs> um, and I think then that must be really hard then going out into public thinking that it's not about the music it's about the way they look which yeah. is crazy yeah. Yeah. I find that really crazy yeah. how do we change it? I know. talking about it well no but also about being some men they just don't have an awareness like no. probably that statement was just completely innocent but not yeah. just don't think it through that's yeah. it and I think I think 90% of it actually yeah. is that it's just a kind of thoughtlessness that doesn't that a man was like oh I was just trying to be complimentary yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but that and there is the problem it is, that is a problem yeah. Yeah. they just need to think about it but yeah. it's about being Very a good example by talking about yeah. it though and it, I think definitely if I was thinking about you know the the advice giving that you get Mm. That's such a typical man thing because men tend to always want to fix. It's like the masculine trait is to fix things. Mm. Problem solving. I have I have that trait. Yeah, it's I always typically too. yeah. <laughs> it's typically masculine. If we not get away from male and female, but it's a masculine trait. We're, we're, yeah. we're all female. We're all feminine and masculine. So, but it is, and I think that they tend to like to give advice, and that's their way of connecting. Right. And so yeah. sometimes it's not. I mean, it's, again, it needs to be addressed, it needs to be talked about, and they don't see that that's what they're doing, though, that it's the kind of, it's mansplaining, isn't it? It's yeah. that, like, it comes across as, you think you know better than me. Yeah. Whereas in there, they're probably like, I want to have a way of getting close to you and connecting with you, and that's the way that I know how to do it, is through giving you advice and, and helping, yeah. and trying to help. Yeah, yeah. But, um... They need to understand that it's not, it doesn't come across like that. And it's really quite, I mean, that's the things that I really, I really appreciate that. And like, there's been some of the guys that have done that to me that are actually people that I really like and yeah. care about. And it hasn't changed how I feel about them as a person. Mm. But it is, it's hard for it to, it's quite belittling. Yeah. yeah. You can, but you can gently correct people. I mean, I think. Yeah, it, but it's, you wouldn't anyway. I mean, from what they're saying, they're people that are in the audience or have no actual understanding of the industry really no that is just completely crazy that's the only way i can yeah. explain yeah, yeah, yeah. unless they're completely mental but if then you know decent people and they just want to get close to you and that's the only but it's you know like we said earlier it's, you wouldn't do it in any you wouldn't do it in any other way would you no. i can't even think a man would say to his female doctor like i don't you know no. i don't think you're prescribing me the right drugs or maybe no. they do i don't know i have done that i have done that <laughs> <laughs> 
masculine in us. Yeah. So. You know, I've got, well, we were talking about this the other day, Leanne. Like, yeah. me, well, definitely, I have a very male brain. I'm good at maths. Well, yeah. when I say good at maths, you know, my son's going to laugh at me, but I am quite good at maths. And, um, and definitely, again, that we were talking about that whole small talk thing, and yeah. I can be way too direct and um, all of those kind of things. But this is going to be the end of this part of the podcast um, yeah. because we have many more things to say. So we will see you on the next one. Thank you very much, Julia and Herg. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. If you like this episode, please do subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at women's underscore debate, Instagram, women's masturbate, all one word, Facebook, women, apostrophe S, separate word mass, separate word debate.